Welcome to Dicey Stories, where we tell stories shaped by dice. You're listening to our tabletop role-playing game, Actual Play Podcast, episode 205. Today's episode is another installment in our series, Echoes of Invasion, set in the world of the Battle for Westmouth video game, 30-some years after the Eastern Invasion mainline campaign. It is played using Edge Studios' Genesis role-playing system, with occasional references to the Mythic Game Master emulator's event meaning tables for inspiration. For the story up to this point, visit our website, DiceyStories.com, where you can listen to previous episodes or read the serialized write-ups of our adventures. Now let's get rolling. We've got a story to tell. So, at this point, what other things trick you need to spend more time talking with Nisir about that, various yeah. things? I think that's fair. Um, so <laughs> You need to. Over the course of the next few weeks, you have training, you are feeling more a part of the scouting community now because, yes, you were responsible for a scare in the village that the scouts had to mobilize to deal with. But Balewin probably felt like this was a good exercise, everyone did good work. Yeah, and you and... Constant vigilance. You and Renwick actually, you know, like, bonded a little bit. Well, it turns out we're both working. Yeah. So you are more part of the scouting community. You do do more exercises and stuff, but you also have time to fish with your dad, and you also have time to work on the dowsing rod you were going to carve. Yes, I did have one. I was going to use my ability. Let's say Renwick actually owes me a favor in a sense. Ooh. Not, not, like... not in Dallas. <laughs> no, it's fine. No, no, it's fine. I, I wanted it to be Renwick. And I wanted to like tell him, like, a friend of ours is going to be visiting a human guy. Ah, and, like, he's a little off. I wanted to give you a heads up. He doesn't connect well with people. Hard for you to imagine. I can understand. I mean, you can, like, say he's kind of like a hermit sort of thing. Oh, yeah, that's if a good point. Yeah, don't yeah. want to touch the neck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a bit of a hermit. If you're out of patrol and you see him, like, and Trick will give a description of mm-hmm. him, kind of haggard, fellow, thin. And, like, just if you could keep a close eye on him, I'm, I don't know. It's uh, sometimes trouble catches up with him. I don't think he wants it to. Okay, that's a good use for your power to actually get catch into your village without being like arrested by elves. Well, yes, but like Trick is also like it's a little concerned about catching, but it's also the view like maybe Uncle Tran can help him, and like I don't know, maybe Trick now also believes like maybe the guy is cursed. Okay. Uh, he accidentally convinced himself the lie, uh, but this is a good way to put Renwick on alert, but not to murder him. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I wanted to. Do that. We get my candidates like Renwick got a lot of the, the praise for like raising the alarm quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was the one who went to Baywood. Yes. Well, you ran off this randalon. All right, and now you're going to carve a yeah. dowsing rod. This is mechanics? Survival? I was going to say survival. Okay. And I'm going to spend a point. Oh no, how difficult is this? But I have to see yourself. Are you using this yourself? I think that's. That's like this is right. a you're doing yeah it. yeah it's a good a good thing to work on together. Then yes. What is he's got more ranks in survival than I do. So you can use his ranks in survival, which is four. Four. He's a professional water dowser. Yeah. Okay. And it's the difficulty. I am going to say that the difficulty is just two purples usually, but I've upgraded it to okay. red. We have a blue dye because we have the best facility for making. That's this. true. Water dowsing workshop here. That's all. Involved in that knives. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but they're well-maintained. Yeah, they're extremely well-maintained. We have a lot of samples to... They're and, where to. At the whittling station. Excellent sandpaper as well. 
but it's an unusual kind of wood. That's true. Failure, but with many advantages. And by many, I mean two. Uh, but it is a good experience, or it might be that like this year's like this wood still has to not cure, but like okay. dry out more. So you have options here for like you don't consume all the wood, and like in the future you might be able to try again. You're not yeah. going to be able to just fall this yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I think it's um, like it's the wrong season for this wood to be turned into. The other option would be that you instead essentially make an artistic piece out of it rather than a dowsing rod. It's probably okay, given what Trick would use it for anyway. Were you intending for this to be a gift, or were you intending this to be the dowsing rod you would carry with you going forward? I mean, both of those are a gift in a sense. So I think I'll take the artistic option. It's dowsing rod-like. It's a toy model of a dowsing rod. <laughs> um, so it's a small, it's a smaller piece that is not a proper dowsing rod. Can only find symbols of water appropriate in the desert. Yes. <laughs> Give it to me. Maybe you can hold me for finding the tiniest bit of water. Um, I mean, if mate could douse and you can't, then you might yeah, not be cut true. out for it at all. That's true. So I think it is an artistic piece. But okay. the wood looks really nice. Whereas, frankly, a normal dowsing rod is very practical. It does not look like a set piece. Okay. So, I so think this is something sense. to keep on display at the house? Yeah, I think so. Okay. You will require another survival role related to getting materials set up for Nate to make his that little house rice. in your backpack. I might have to help him with some mechanics, but we'll see. All right, how difficult is this? Yes. Average? Average, yes. All right. I'm going to spend another story point. Oh, no. But we're in a woods, which is the perfect place <laughs> for finding... For finding magpie materials? All right. How, what kind of nest does he make? Probably with bits of string, yeah. feathers. I have one advantage, pal, sorry. Falcon feathers. I can offer him a blue dye. There's like nothing, I, I bring him like, what is this? And he's, he like he keeps taking things out of the nest. And I'm like, no. <laughs> I don't know what you want, man. Like, I don't have grasses. <laughs> okay. like, you want some like sewer trash to drive you to the city? <laughs> I don't have that either. That's still a good bonding experience for you guys. Yeah. He appreciates the effort, but he's just like, I, I don't know what to do this myself. Okay. So do you ask specific questions to Nasir, or do you wait for Nasir to talk to you about Anador? I mean, he, I think Trick would ask some, like, general questions about, like, what was he like? Did He's like, did you work for him? Was that... Or, like, you were just part of the same military unit that was on patrol. Because, like, Maeve said that you were sent to pick me up. So, you know, okay. thanks for saving my life and, you know, being my life. Okay, so Nasir is not surprised that Maeve would not know anything further about him. But, no, he did not work for Anador. Okay. It is true that he taught Anador how to order dows. Really? Because Anador took an interest in a wide variety of things. Mm -hmm. He tried his hand at many things, and he was one of the best natural water dowsers that Nasir ever met. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> Be a cool check. Yeah, Hepa's really good at water dowsing, too. <laughs> Just running, running that side of the family. You maintain your cool. I maintain my cool with many successes, so I think Trick Offer is like, ah, I must run in. And that side of the family, Hepa seemed to pick it up pretty quickly, too. Penna's just like, don't tell anybody. I wonder if Aunt Penna can... She's probably a good dowser, too, isn't she? She went straight to, like, Shaman's school. Yeah, yeah. But Anador was pretty good at whatever he tried. He was quite adaptable. Hmm. But no, no, I didn't work for him. 
And at this point, you will learn the tragic story of uh, Anador and Nasir, which is that, yes, they were a couple. Um, but Anador, as has previously been stated, was a little flighty. Well, this um, also explains why he said, had an affair with. Because I noticed that earlier, <laughs> but I didn't say anything. Right. So, Anador and Nasir were together for a while. Right. But the relationship wasn't going to work out. Partly because, like, there was some incompatibilities in their personality and things like that. Yeah, and yes, it was part of what brought them together, like, something different and exotic or enticing or whatever. But just because their relationship didn't work out didn't necessarily change the way Nasir felt about Anador. In terms of, like, yes, like, we're not going to be together, but he still really loved Anador and he still remained, like, a friend of Anador's. Right. And yeah, it was a little awkward to be like asked to go pick up you. It would have been more awkward if Maeve had known like that Nasir was formally in a relationship with Anador. Right. But Nasir was who Anador trusted to go get you. Nasir was not just some random person who decided to raise you. You were the child of somebody who was very important to Nasir. Not the best situation, but, and, and like... Be given the rest of the situation. Right, like, if Thrandil hadn't had, like, a mental breakdown, yes, it would have totally made sense for you to be raised in their household. But, like, Nasir was essentially, like, the closest relative that it was safe for all parties considered for you to be with. Now, I'm trying to remember, and Trick's trying to remember what, exactly what Maeve told him. She, like, scoffed at the idea that she and Nasir... Right, 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 But it was that... Because she knew that, like, that Anador sent Nasir to go pick me up. Mm-hmm. But I'm trying to remember, did she specifically say, like, and, like Anador was too much of a coward, like, he ran off? Or just she... that he sent Nasir to go pick up Trick and didn't deal with that himself, is what the implication was. They had fought too much, and it was too contentious. She might have implied cowardly because there I was, feel like she did. Definitely like the context involved a lot of like Espinel's just run away. Yes. And like Anador didn't even come get you. Yeah. So. As opposed to ran away from the battlefield specifically. Correct. It was right. not. Okay. Okay. I mean, how many levels of cowardice she thought he was exhibiting? Like she was mad at him. They had argued anyway related to the elves pulling out. So I, I guess. Trick would also, like, try to gather, like, so when it didn't work out between them, it was because of the overall societal discord between humans and elves at that point. Or did it seem more personal? That it was interesting for both of them for a time, but not something they were... I mean, I understand that's awkward, super awkward for Nasir, too. <laughs> but that's the least dark thing about the dark times. Right, right. There were certainly, like, cultural differences, and the relationship was rocky, but definitely the fact that the elves were withdrawing instead of standing mm-hmm. to fight, that was most definitely the straw that broke the camel's back. That makes sense. But at the same time, she agreed for you to leave to be in a safer place. Yeah, well... She didn't approve of elvish military forces withdrawing from the front, but she did think that you should be in a safer place. Right. I mean, she was right on that front. She was, she was joining an army. They did the things they had to do. I mean... <laughs> Nasir's opinion is, no, it wouldn't have worked out long-term between them. Not that he's got the most unbiased opinion in this. No, but, and it's not like, we were better together. It was just like, Anador, things only held his attention for so long. Right. And you're the one that they wanted Nasir to raise. 
not the one that always always is doing all these different things. Well, I cause a lot of trouble. It's true. I mean, in terms of like things about trick that remind Nasir of Anador. Right. Nasir doesn't think you're flighty or anything, but like your excessively like congenial ability to get along with all types. That very much is what Anador was like. Anador was a an elvish noble. So he like sat he, on the council or something? He was on a council for a period, but like... <laughs> that makes sense. I mean, he also slummed at water dowsing. Like, he tried his hand at everything. Right. Did he travel much? Would he have been known outside of this forest? In his younger days, he did go further afield. He most certainly visited the Great Forest. Nasir does not know if he ever went as far west as Westmere. Something to think about. So that those aspects of Trick are evocative of Trick's father. Right. Wow, Grandma and Grandpa must have been so happy when Penna showed up, because it sounds like <laughs> both their sons were very unfocused. Yep. <laughs> Why don't you settle down with Nasir? He's nice. I say, did Anador introduce Aunt Penna to Uncle Thran? Or the other way around? It's actually, it's funny. Penna is how Nasir met Anador. Ah. Because, like... Penna was like making a play for his attention. Oh. And wait a minute. Is <laughs> Camellia actually a half sister? <laughs> Anador was not interested in Penna, but then he met Nasir, and, and then Penna settled on Thrandal. I see. As if, <laughs> if Thrandal had a choice in the matter, right? Like, you, you've yeah. met your Aunt Penna. But Anador was more than a match for her, he had a mind of his own. Oh Not to imply that Thranduil doesn't, but he kind of doesn't. Look, I think he's got his interests, and uh, I don't know, they don't get in the way of Penna's interests. And so he continues with them. So that's your that's your soap opera backstory there. Yeah, not all is so simple in the Esperin forest. As the leaves turn. Elves of a long time, you know? Relationships come and go. Not to say that they can't last longer, and hopefully someday you'll meet a nice person and settle down, but... We'll see. Or not settle down. I think it's unlikely I'm going to settle down. We'll see how much time I have, you know. Better uh, better get a move on. Any other questions from the trick branch? Don't think so, I think. Mate has just figured out what he's doing on the backpack himself. Does not need trick self. Yeah. Ties his own little flap. Maybe he could go take string off the wall. Yeah. Nothing you provide is quite satisfactory enough. Yeah, he's got a little do not enter sign. No elves allowed. (laughs) They have cooties. Yeah. Hepa, you have already successfully made a role that you are going to be able to figure out how to fix Katchen's ring. Yes. However, you need material to deal with this. Yes. So we haven't been very focused on you guys earning money and spending money. Like, the economy of our game is quite different from that, but you need to acquire precious materials in order to mend that thing. And so my question is, how does Hepa go about doing this? Well, I mean... Break into her mom's jewelry box? I guess... (laughs) I'm assuming the culture evolves as similar with ownership as it is with humans, so I don't think it breaking into my mother's jewelry (laughs) box would be a good thing. I'm assuming I don't have my own jewelry that has been given to me through the years. No, you're pretty young. And you, you're not dressy or showy. And you've, yeah. you've shown no interest in, like, the ceremonies or... 
Yeah, I mean, I didn't know if I had something that I was supposed to wear, but I never did. But if where would you go to get jewelry? I mean, I have some coin. I also can work for it or make a potion or something like that. So I guess I, the question would be where do we have markets or am I just looking at individuals to see what they might be able to trade? There is not a jewelry shop in town. Okay. This would be more about you trying to interact with a person in order to see if they will trade some jewelry they possess for something you can do or provide to them. Then I'll start with Camellia. Ah. Because I'm assuming she has, well, I don't know if she if she's the type that, Okay. if she's dressy or showy or... She does possess some things made out of precious metals because she does go in for the whole like garb associated with the roles that she's taking on. But what is it that you can offer her in exchange for such a piece? What do I have, though, that she would be interested in? Or what can you do? I mean, you have a lot more experience with runic stuff. And... She didn't seem that interested in runes. That's true. Does she need an assistant on some primal magic project? You just do a chores for a week. Brew a special present for her. Oh. I don't, I've never really traded with her before. I already gave you my fire tongs, which seemed I, to be I, my... I give those back. Like, because um, I insist on you should use those when you transport. has them for moving the staff. Yeah. I do have blonde, but I don't know if she would trade for that. And it's also kind of special to me. This is about building rapport and networking and stuff among the elves. This is not about... Trade. Yeah. I mean, okay. So then I can share some blonde with her. Ah, okay. And then... I guess build some rapport and see if there's anything I can do to get a piece of jewelry that I could, that will probably not make it back. Okay, so what do you tell her about the drink? Well, I tell her how it's made, even okay. if she's not interested in it. I'll say, my friend Alric gave this to me. He's a bartender or a tavern. And she'll say, your friend Alric. Yes. And she'll tell her about that because it's the milk drink, which Hepa finds very fascinating how it's made. I don't okay. know whether or not Camellia will. But they take this whey that's left over from some other dairy stuff they did, and then they ferment it. Yeah. It's so delicious. Look at what a nice, clear, goldenish color it is. Speaking of gold. <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, please make a charm check. All right. Well, that is not cool. It's two purples. And you can have a blue dye for sharing... The drink? I was going to say if I offer to do something or whatever. Or... You can have another blue dye if you offer to a favor to her. Yeah, do a favor. And then maybe the next time I'm in town, I'll look for some jewelry to pay her back. But okay. I won't promise that. No, favor because... isn't a real promise. Yeah. It's not like I'm going into a career, unless it's going into a career. You don't write an IOU. You just <laughs> owe her a favor. Okay. So, yeah, I succeed with a threat. I've never really tried to charm my sister before. <laughs> Please, please. That's how my sister did it. Please. Okay. So um, Camellia has an extra one of these kind of like gold mesh type things that is just kind of like laid across the hair stylistically. It's not really holding it back or anything like that. It's just kind of a fancy net over it. Okay. So she is willing to, to part with that. Does she want to call in the favor or is she enjoying the blonde? What does she think of the blonde? What does she think of the blonde? Resilience check. Which is <laughs> down with that influence on my sister. Uh, she succeeds with a threat. She does not get as tipsy as you did when you first had blonde. And she does not 
particularly like the taste. Okay. Because of the alcohol or just that's not her flavor? Dairy is a strange thing. Okay. That's probably why I have to liked it. She's not opposed to alcohol. It just this isn't. But she's, uh, you know, willing to spend time with you and uh, engage in chit-chat. And she, she will call in the favor later. Okay. She doesn't have any immediate things in mind right now, but certainly touch base with her before you're, like, leaving on your next out-of-forest expedition. Okay. She thanks her profusely. I mean, if she wants her to introduce her into some not very healthy mages, human mages, she, no. (laughs) 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 I mean, he's interesting. (laughs) And then Hepa has the material that she can use to mend the ring, and you already made the check, so you don't need to do that again, but the process of it... Consumes the... Does consume it in a magical way. Right. Like... Because I thought the ring was platinum. The ring... Colored. The ring is not gold in color. It is silver in color. It is palladium is what it is made of. But what was damaged was not the setting, but was the rune itself, the crystal with the rune. And it's not like, oh, the crystal was cracked... But, like, magically, things got warped. Right. So it's nothing that, like, to the naked eye, a person would be like, that is no longer a good piece of jewelry. Right. But the process of pulling energy through the crystal and, like, massaging it and stuff to get it back into place consumes other things of precious value. I was going to say, because gold palladium would be alchemy. (laughs) (laughs) So you are able to have that fixed and ready. All right. A couple other things happen during this time. A falcon comes to town. <gasps> I hope it's Adrian. <laughs> it's probably actually Mate that lets you know. That's true. You can see coming in. <laughs> Closes up, locks. Being chased. Um, <laughs> I just realized that I put a map in basically a public library, Thronadil's library, where I admit that I think Alric is handsome. So you just like copied the whole entire map and left it there? You didn't edit it anyway? So. I, she probably would edit it. I mean, actually, if she was going to copy a map for her father, she would probably edit a lot of her notes out because that's only really useful to her so that it's a proper map. So That's part of what you spend the weeks doing is making that map. Yeah, I think it would be good to have a copy of, like, if she's going to go through all this trouble of making maps, somebody should at least have a copy of it. She doesn't think who might, she just gives it to her father, even though the scouts could probably use it a lot more, but she doesn't think of that. So he may have seen what she wrote, but it's not. I I do think she would be careful with giving them a map they could use Um, with only a few things drawn on it. Okay, so Adarin does arrive a few weeks later, probably a month, and Adarin has a couple letters in tiny print. One of these letters is from Lady Glynis. She is reporting that her husband, Sir Marthenic, is doing better Hmm. with his new medicines and his new old dog. That's good. Oh. Oh, because of Damal? Like, Damal must have followed up. So, Damal followed up and had an improved concoction that is working better for Marthenic, and plus Trick had suggested some animal therapy. And uh, the letter also says that uh, Marthenic has been able to get out on his horse more again, and that uh, they are looking to restable it at their own house instead of having it delivered. There is also a letter that informs Hapa and Trick 
that the last known Manu to start an expedition was based out of Dan Tonk. What does that mean? As a place? No, like the last known Manu to start an expedition? Across the sandy wastes. Was that a question you had? Yes. I forget to who. You discussed this with Auric, and he said that he would ask around. That's right. Because from Hepa's perspective, it seems like a random thing, but, I mean, she she says random things, too. <laughs> so they were based out of Dantonk, and so any further information about that expedition, that would be the place to go. But as far as we know, they were never heard from again, right? Information about, like, the route they took and, like, their plans and stuff like that could be obtained from Manu folks in Dantonk. Okay. So, like... This letter is not, like, communicating the information. It's just, like, just giving you, know. you the lead. Yeah. Also, in Dantonk, the Manu who are there, one of them is the lens crafter. Okay. Who would be able to make an eyepiece for HEPA. You have the option of either you go to Dantonk and you deal with that Manu directly. Right. Or you... Sends of Falcons. Sends of Falcons and then, like, wait, like... How long? however long for it to be transported, hopefully safely, by whatever caravans don't know how to deal with glass. Well, then I guess probably Trick and I need to talk about whether or not... What expedition? No, just to retrace the sandy wastes, because they were originally from the other side, but there was a huge storm that, like, changed the whole... Imagine if, like, one day you looked out and everything in your map, the whole landscape was different, and you could no longer use your map. So they're trying to make a new map, but it's really, really hard because the whole place is... You know, shifting sands. Okay, so you're ju- you're trying to figure out what happened to the rest of your clan. Trying to figure out, did anyone ever make it back across? Okay. I was just like, why does Trick care about it? What is the- what's going on? I must have been paying attention. Trick cares about it because it'd be an impressive thing to accomplish. <laughs> okay, so then we can talk about if you're interested in going to Detonk or not. I mean, maybe. We'll, we'll see what Ketchum's up to first. Yeah, so that's not... Anything that has to immediately be dealt with, it's just yeah. this, these are the leads for things that you have inquired about in the past. Okay. Okay. Did he put a price on that? Like what it would cost? Or that's where we would inquire would be somewhere in, in Detonk? There is an estimate for how much it would cost to make the eyepiece, and then the cost for shipping is many times the price of the actual item. Because it has to like travel with caravans and stuff, and it would need special treatment to not break along the way. Right. But I'm I'm not going to give you an actual number for that at this point in time. Okay. In the letter. Adarin arrives, and Adarin has these letters attached, and Adarin does not like immediately leave or anything. But the question I have for you is: Adarin shows up, mate flees from Adarin. Adrian's not going to attack Mate. Adrian's just harassing Mate. You know, an old pastime, Adrian has been denied these pastimes. Oh, <laughs> uh, they missed it. They missed you, buddy. <laughs> but then she, like, settles on a branch. And so my question is, which one of you tries to catch Adrian on your arm? All right, we got to do that. Well, we don't have a thing. That's Box. right. There's no leather in this town at I all. take my water skin. <laughs> take your arm through it. Take my arm through it, and I can certainly catch. <laughs> I mean, we're wearing leathers. Yeah, but... All right. And I tell Mate, all right, we're going to whistle. Ah, okay, you're going to have Mate whistle for you. That's right. Mate will provide a blue dive assistance on this two purple check. Because we established... Yep. Elves are unable to whistle at the appropriate time. Yep. Four successes. 
because we're making it look like I'm doing it, Hatterin is none the wiser. <laughs> You've really got me, because this is a scary thing for me. I mean, he's safely in there. He's <laughs> hiding and it's like throwing his voice. <laughs> so Adarin does come down, lands on your arm. See if I, got, I think I got an old field mouse that may probably drag out of something. Ah, okay. You pay Adarin for his yeah. services. I understand there's a cost to these things. That's actually better than a lot of people do. Adarin allows you to remove the little message tube. Yep. And she takes her snack, and she flies back up to the perch that she found. Right. But she does stick around. In case we want to send something back. She must know if the message tube is on her arm, then she's ready to go back. She probably goes to wait around until, like, if people don't do anything within a day, she probably heads back. Uh, do we want to send something back? I do. Okay. Do you have anything to send? I don't have anything in particular, I think. Uh, but definitely tell tell Arg thanks for the, the lead uh, on the last expedition. Following that up at some point. Yeah, I think that's all, all I got. Sure, I have questions for Damal. Okay. See what yeah. you can fit you, onto this piece of paper. Yeah. You've had a bunch of time to mess around with your apothecary stuff, so you can certainly write a list of apothecary-ish questions. Yeah. And actually, for Damal, I'll put his name on it. I'll just include two letters. For Damal, I wonder if he would have any thoughts about whatever, like... I would have had to talk to Fenwin about what she's trying to do with the pollen, but if he has any thoughts about, like, the dissemination. So I don't know if that's something that I could have done to kind of talk to her. Because that was one of the things I was like, I'm kind of curious what she's doing on her project. And if I can get that information, then I could be like, do you have any thoughts on what would be a better way to disseminate? Okay. Fenwin's project is how to counteract weaponized dapper ink cap. Okay. Oh. Yeah, I figured that, so I didn't know what, like, her approach is the... So, right now, what she was looking at was, obviously, an aerosol delivery that would incapacitate anybody, that it would interact with Dapper Ink Cap in the environment and, like, take out anybody. Like, the idea is it would have a reaction with the Dapper Ink Cap, which could, like, knock out somebody. So, like, if Trick had had, like... Dapper ink cap hidden upon his person. That just sounds like a great way to weaponize Dapper ink cap. <laughs> <laughs> but like the idea, you're like delivering it so that it goes off at them instead of they get close enough to you. Anyway, she was working on this. Part of the issue here is she doesn't have Dapper ink cap for her experiments. Yeah, we could take care of that soon, I'm sure. <laughs> or does she want it? Like she thinks it's highly dangerous. And so there was also like some experimentation with like slinging not like water balloons but that kind of like approach right that is what she was working on is the thing big enough i could include a small sample of the pollen that she's using you could pour some pollen into the little message tube or maybe even just like a little packet of it or something like in paper so it would be harder for you to fold it up inside something than to just pour it into the tube okay then yeah then what i can do is Right in there, this is what we're thinking, but basically that we're interested in neutralizing the effects of Dapper and Capper, neutralizing it, and this is one approach, but because of the danger to us, the elves, we are not able to experiment directly. She'll include that in there, along with some other insights she's had and, you know, whatever random stuff that occurs to her Okay. about that. And then she'll include a letter to Alric and thanking him for the leads to... 
Who the leads on uh, How to Cross the Sandy Waste? Yeah, well, I didn't remember the name of the place, even though. Dan Tonk. Dan Tonk. How personal does she want to get? I mean, you know it goes directly to Ulrich. That's and true. You're the one writing it. But that he can't bond, read. That bond was very nice. It but was... I don't I don't know that he it, he can't read. So That's true. Um, yeah, I can I can say that I just enjoyed some of the blonde. I shared it with my sister. She didn't she didn't care for it as much, but she's not accustomed to dairy you know the sort of stuff have I would okay. say. But maybe she will say that she misses him and she hopes to see him again. Don't know what else to okay. or soon. And then probably she would write little, as much as she can fit on there, little things that are about, like, what's going on there, and how is he doing, and whatever. I would like you to make a coordination check to, like, try out tiny writing. <laughs> oh, yeah, see how much I can get in there? What will be the difficulty on it? Two purples. Especially because I'm trying to add pollen in there, and it takes up room. Do we have any... Yeah, you've got a story point. I'll take that. The It's just a triumph with a... An advantage. It's a failed triumph? Yeah. You cannot fit the things that you want to say into the tube, but so you end up like making essentially like a larger letter with an envelope and like rigging it up to like blind it to add or <laughs> That's like my, my triumphant mechanics check is to tie an envelope to her. Oh my gosh. Demol's gonna make so much fun of me. He's just gonna be so disappointed. So then I'll just put the packet in the envelope. With yeah, the and at that point you're like, well, we're sending a whole envelope here, so I can write even more. <laughs> yeah, but I'll try not to make it. Sorry about the envelope. <laughs> not to make it too. And Adrian's like, oh my goodness. <laughs> She's like trying to play. We'll see if it even makes it. That thing will probably just fall off or in the rain. Oh, well, you've got... You can I varnish it. it. Yeah, yeah. You varnish it and everything. It seems probably very heavy-like. Yeah. Glued together. Secure it well. As well as you can, and send it off. It's a little bit like the next step of a love letter, but not completely to the point of, my darling Alric. No, you said you missed him, so. Can't wait to go to South Tower again. I hope this letter finds you well. I hope this letter reaches you at all. <laughs> I'm not really sure if it will, because it's so large, but I'm going to tie it down really well. Uh, but I'm putting the seal on it to make sure that if it gets wet, it's fine. Is the bird going to be able to fly with that? Behind it, <laughs> like a kite waving in the background. It's kind of like <laughs> secured to like Adarin's chest or something. Okay. And I'll, then I'll put a pressed chamomile in there. Because huh. okay. humans like flowers, right? That's what you decided. They're fascinated by them, so I'll put a because the chamomile will be small, it won't be. And then the pollen. All right, Adarin, you're gonna need some extra fuel for this trip. <laughs> Here's another mouse. We weighted down, yeah. All right. So I believe that covers everything that we need to cover. Yep. And we will pick up next time with Catchin's arrival, and he won't be murdered by Renwick. I mean, in some ways, that would have simplified things, but <laughs> we probably had a contingency plan to get raised from the dead if that happens, so it's better not to activate that. I mean, we do. We seem like we have the supplies for it. Yeah, that's true, isn't it? But the staff, well, I still don't get why Thranadil's, like, fascinated by this extra staff. We brought him a full-on necromancer staff. I'm pretty sure that's what this is. Better to have two, I guess. He's got the full, like, progression. <laughs> he's got the really basic one, and then he's got the more advanced one, and then he's got the crazy, like, the lich staff. <laughs> All right. You guys can have 10 XP. Woohoo! For building a story out of nothing.
You've been listening to Echoes of Invasion, set in the world of the Battle for Westnoth video game and played using Edge Studios' Genesis role-playing system. Our GM was Jen, and our players were Lex and Daniel. For the serialized narrative write-up of this adventure, visit us at DiceyStories.com. Our character art is by Del Borovic. See her work at DelBorovic.com. Our music is sampled from Return to Westnoth by Matthias Westland, a.k.a. West, licensed under CC by SA 4.0, part of the Battle for Westnoth project. Visit them at westnoth.org. Until next time, this is Dicey Stories reminding you, the only thing that separates you from knowledge is experience.